Data analytics. How can asset managers spend less time managing data streams and more time analyzing them? How do you best organize your business to consume data? On this episode of Nixa Talk, we'll address these pressing questions. You're listening to Nixa Talk, a show aimed at providing building blocks for best practice implementation to executives in the global asset management industry. Nixa Talk features targeted content from Nixa's live webinar programming. More content for your on-the-go, easy listening can be found at nixa.org. I'm your Nixa host, Allison Lovett, and on today's show, we're talking data analytics, and more specifically, the topic of organizing your business to be a data consumer. Moderating the discussion is Jackie Noblet, senior reporter at Ignites. Our speakers include Bradley Moore, director of product development at Allbridge Analytics, Lindsay Noble, lead analytics consultant at DST Systems, Greg Piasecki, head of sales at SalesPage Technologies, and Deep Srivastav, head of client strategies and analytics at Franklin Templeton. We'll now join our program where Jackie is leading a discussion about how companies can best position themselves for data consumption. You know, when we ask asset managers what they're spending the, their most t- the most time on, uh, the data teams, the vast majority of it is what I like to consider housekeeping, uh, data reporting, data management, um, and data acquisition. Data reporting being, you know, responding to ad hoc requests uh, from distribution leaders or just um, sales report, you know, monthly, quarterly sales reports. Uh, really spending less than a quarter of time on, on the real advanced data at Linux, the predictive stuff, the um, kind of tips and tricks to give to your wholesalers um, that uh, everybody is looking for. And so that really comes down to, you know, how do you determine, you know, when you have the data, what is the opportunity? You know, how, how do we move beyond just the, uh, the cleaning and the, the acquisition of the data and, and really tapping into that? So, Greg, what are the, some of the challenges you're seeing firms uh, face as it relates to, you know, organizing themselves and consuming the data and, um you know, how are you seeing them kind of take everything out there and kind of consolidate to what's really important and, and what are the, maybe the, some of the low-hanging fruit we can use this data for? You know, Jackie, uh, you know, I've, I've had uh, the opportunity to meet and talk with uh, hundreds of different firms, and just about every firm I speak with feels the burden pressure to figure out way to effectively capitalize on all the various sources of data that are seemingly coming from a new provider every month. You have third-party data providers with market intelligence. You have unprecedented access to partner firms providing information on their own advisors. Um, You have the data that your sales and marketing teams are gathering. Uh, And then you add in a whole new layer of complexity with firms that help visualize this data and provide some type of predictive capability around it. Now, if you happen to be one of the firms that is sweating because you have or you haven't uh, developed an effective data strategy now, you don't want to be the last one in the party and risk losing significant market share to those that do. You know, so the good news is you're not alone. The reality is very few firms out there have truly what I would say nailed it. Uh, now, if that does make you feel better, this may not. There still is a significant gulf separating the haves from the have-nots. 
and how effectively they are using the market data. Uh, there is good news. Uh, even though early adopters of big data may be ahead, they have laid a foundation of best practices built on the heels of their early mistakes. So I strongly believe that if you adhere to these three principles, you'll be strongly positioned to accelerate that success uh, of your data strategy. First, what you want to what you want to develop is a single source of truth. Have a single repository of all sources of data that can be easily mined and accessed by your CRM and your other enterprise systems. Most firms miss badly here because it is tough to reconcile all the different data sources into a single version of the truth. A poor foundation for your data will have significant negative impact on everything downstream. Second point, less is more. Avoid information overload by dumping new data sources on your field force. Utilize a strong segmentation strategy to filter that data and then only provide the necessary data for the targets that each individual team member is focused on. For example, each of your wholesaler probably has a uh, top 150 reps in their territory. Make sure you know who these high value targets are and then give them all the data they need in an easily consumable format for those folks. The final point is it, not ready for prime time. Validate the likely adoption and usefulness of data you plan on providing your sales team through a small and influential team of end users before implementation. If you miss here at the start, adoption will be very difficult in the future. In fact, we, we can address this at some point, but one of the questions that I've seen come through already is the question of who is best to communicate your, um, your data strategy to your sales team. I have found that uh, finding an influential group of uh, wholesalers to uh, help develop the segmentation strategy and to present um, a data strategy to your sales force is very effective. And we can talk a little bit more about that later. Great. And um, I guess, Brad, from your perspective uh, in identifying opportunities within the third-party data, what are, what are you seeing uh, in terms of firms identifying um, and parsing through the, the different third-party sources for, um, for opportunities? Yeah, Jackie, I think, you know, in the slide, you mentioned it very, very succinctly, right? Firms are spending a lot of time on the data management and procurement and organization of the data and, and less focus on, right, the, the actual value-add components of identifying opportunities. And uh, from, from that perspective, you know, the way that we work with firms today, you know, we, we help them identify opportunities in, in a several several different ways, but effectively, uh, you have to really start by defining the opportunity. Um, some of the things we see firms today doing, working the data in order to define the opportunity, right, it's, it's easy to identify the, the largest branches with mutual fund assets or a certain type of product set, but firms are really focused on where they have a high conviction strategy, high performing products that are outperforming their peers in the marketplace, understanding their share of wallet within those investment styles, and using that as a starting point to define their opportunity. Uh, a lot of asset managers also are focused on investment styles with high velocity strategies, so there's a lot of movement in those strategies. Um, and then in, in addition to understanding some from a product type perspective, especially as you think about uh, the, the changes in the active-passive landscape and understanding where you can you know, generate alpha through some of this active management, there are trends in the marketplace that you can identify certain investment styles that lend themselves well to certain types of products, right? And that, that really is the core of identifying some of your opportunities. 
outside of the product landscape from a product type perspective, as you think about uh, the the transition from retail asset to fee-based asset. And I think you have a, a tailwind here with the DOL as well, and we're going to continue to see more assets migrate away from retail platforms into fee-based managed platforms. And as that happens from an opportunity identification standpoint, how can you identify where there are large pockets of retail assets within those investment styles that you have high conviction strategies and weave that into your opportunity identification? So that's going to be a key point as firms are are leveraging the data to identify opportunities. Another key point from an opportunity standpoint, starting to really maximize the ROI out of the data and uh, Lindsay talked about this as well, incorporating other components in the data to, to calculate ROI and integrating data more effectively, but it gets into territorial assessment. So as you're thinking about what types of products sell well in New York, it might be a different set of products altogether, both product type and investment style, that do well in the in the South Florida area. So having a good territory overlay and the tools in place to be able to opt to mine the data based on, you know, kind of geographic awareness is going to be really important in terms of maximizing opportunity identification. You've been listening to Nixa Talk, expert panels discussing today's most compelling asset management issues. Nixa is a trade association and support of professionals within the global financial community. Come back often and feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or follow us on Twitter at Nixa News. Access to the complete live programming, including CE credits, is available to Nixon members. For information on how your firm can become a Nixon member, please visit nixa.org and view our membership page. For over 50 years, Nixa has been connecting global asset management participants to discuss and develop industry best practices. Join the conversation today.